Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. If you were to sort out the teachings of Jesus and uh, by categories of things that he taught on, the biggest pile would be teaching on money or possessions. In fact, uh, scholars say that like 25% of the teachings of Jesus, the words that we have in your Bible, he discusses and talks about money and stuff, the possessions that we have. And one of those teachings that we just read from comes from Luke chapter 12, where Jesus says this, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now, it's interesting that like Jesus tells us to watch out for greed, watch out he says, for greed, because life doesn't consist of the abundance of stuff. Now, personally, I think there could have been a lot of other things that Jesus could have told us to watch out for. Uh, Watch out for telling little lies because you want to look like a bigger deal than what you actually are. He didn't say that. He didn't tell us to watch out for that scandalous show on Netflix that will eat up two weeks of your life because there's 30 episodes to it already. He didn't tell us to watch out for hatred against your neighbor because that's harmful to you. Now, to be fair, like Jesus didn't say, go and do those things either, all right? You're not getting a pass on those. But he does tell us to Watch out to be on guard against greed. Now, I know what you might be thinking right now. You're saying, all right, cool teaching, Jesus, but I'm really not that greedy of a person. It's not really about me at all. In fact, I would be willing to say that of all the things that people as a pastor of this church have come and confess to me, I've never once heard somebody come forward and say, you know what, Pastor Dave, I'm just a really greedy person. If I'm going to tell you my deep, dark secret, it's that I think about myself too much. No, like that never happens. I have people who come and say, like, I have so much pain in my past that I want to be released from. Or I I struggle with where I'm supposed to go in the future and what needs to happen. But never have I had somebody say, yeah, it's just that I spend too much money on myself. And, And there's a million reasons to why that might be. But I'd be willing to guess that it's important for us to see that greed is a hard thing to call out. It's not easy to identify. For example, like, like when you, like we know that, that the Bible teaches us to not commit adultery, for example, all right? And if you don't know what that is, you should ask your parents later, all right? But, 
But it's pretty clear when adultery is committed, right? Like there's a line to say, all right, yep, we've gone past that. It's easy to call out. But greed seems to just be hard to identify. It seems hard to realize and see. And another aspect of that is that greed just looks different for different people because we all don't have the same amount of stuff. I've been told that there are two kinds of people in this world. There are spenders and there are savers. You've heard this before, right? And in my relationship with my wife back there, I am easily the spender. Is anybody else a spender here today? All right, it's okay. I need some company here, okay? Yeah, so, all right. So as a spender, um, this is what it generally looks like, right? I will rarely get money back from the government, but let's just play that this happens, all right? So tax return comes back, things uh, realize that I have a check that is to my name, and my first thought as a spender is, it is treat yourself Dave time, all right? Spenders, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like whatever it was that I was like excited for, like not even on my radar, now it is on my radar. I go online, uh, I try to find just a new pair of shoes because that's my weird thing, all right? And then maybe some clothes that will go with that. And I start thinking about all the things that I wasn't thinking about before, but now it is for me. And greed, truthfully, starts to creep in that I just deserve this. I've earned this very moment. Now, where are my, spend, or my savers? Where are the savers at, all right? Back there, my wife is proudly raising her hand, okay? Um, you're not innocent here either. In fact, I asked my wife when uh, we were traveling home this weekend, I said, babe, imagine that the government were to send us money. I know it's hard to believe. And, and that what would you do with that money if it was sent back to you? And she first started yelling at me about some of my spending habits. But after she got done with that, she started to say, well, you know, I'd put it into like our house, some sort of investment, the retirement for, uh, for us someday, if we're ever going to get there. All right. And maybe our kids, if they go on education. And after yawning a couple times, I thought like, well, well, what she was doing is that she was in the same spot as me. That, that whether it's treating yourself for today or for the future, greed can creep in. And it's, it's important for us to see this teaching of Jesus, that he says that that we need to watch out for greed. 
Now, the point of the message today is not to teach you when I get money back from the government, how am I supposed to, like, what can I spend it on, how much, or anything like that. That's not, that's not the point of today. That's just a scenario to bring forward. And, and I also want to be clear that having money and stuff is not a bad thing, all right? Don't hear me on that if you, like, feel guilty right now for wearing clothes to church. That's a good thing, all right? But... But the reality is, is that not knowing why you have your money becomes very dangerous. And it's to that very point that I think Jesus is warning us and teaching us to be careful of greed because life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. We're finishing up this series called Stewards where we're looking at four different words that describe what it means to be a steward. And in that, we talked about week number one, that uh, we need to understand what priority means. And priority is not this top-down list, but instead what goes into the center of our lives. That's where our priority lies. And then we talked about that we should be intentional with the things that we have, saying that uh, not what God wants from you, but what God wants for you. That's the reason he desires for us to give. It's not that he needs our money, but he wants to show us a new way. And then last week, we talked about this picture of a heart. If you remember this, we drew this together and we talked about in 1 Corinthians that Paul is writing about our influence and giving, that that is a witness to others in our generosity and that he calls us to be cheerful in our giving. And today, we're going to talk about this massive word known as generosity. And, and it's important for us to understand that generosity is so much of the heart of who God is, which is the exact opposite of greed. Milton McLaughlin, he wrote a book uh, called The Second Neurotics Notebook. And in that, he brought forward this scenario. He said, if it was between your money or your life, so imagine that you are in a really terrible situation where somebody uh, like, is about to rob you. They come forward and say, either your money or your life. I think everybody would be very clear or would come up with the understanding of, of course, take all you got. I want you to have it right now because my life is more than just the stuff that I have. But McLaughlin goes on to say that it's interesting that if we were to change the scenario to say, what if God said to you, either your money or your life? We start to justify some things a little bit. Say, really, I, well, I, I, I need some of these things. Now, you might be thinking right now, like, okay, Pastor Dave, I don't want to be in a scenario where I'm being robbed at all, all right? That's not exactly a, 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 an example that I want to be in, and that's incredibly fair. I get that. Nobody wants to be put in the circumstance where it's said, either do this or your life. But it's interesting because in the Bible, God would point out 
and use a person to call out to a group of people saying that I'm not here to rob you, but instead you are robbing, God says, from me. It's important for us to understand this teaching because I think it gets to the heart of what Jesus would say as well in Luke chapter 12. Today, I want to talk about these two things or two ways that I watch out for greed. And the first one here comes with this statement. This shouldn't be new news for us. In fact, it's the title of our series, but we should fight greed. I'd love for you to write this down, that we should fight greed with a new title. Being a steward. Uh, In Malachi chapter 3, we read these words. You've probably heard them before, all right? It says this, Will man rob God? For yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, for you are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Now, if you don't know, this is actually in the Bible, and if you've been to church before, you've probably heard this verse titled around money all the time. By the way, this is not a verse in like, why we named our son Malachi, all right? It's not that like my favorite verse in the Bible is Malachi 3, the one where, you know, I'm robbing God, all right? That's not it at all. But, but Malachi here is a prophet. He's, uh, his name literally means my messenger, And Malachi comes with this message from God saying that you, people, are missing the point here. You are robbing me. And and that's a hard word that comes here. That word rob actually is used three times in this passage, but it is the only time we see it in the Old Testament. And it's not a word that's like kind of like manipulating the system or cheating on your taxes. No, the word there is to pillage, to steal, to take away with force. Malachi is calling out an issue that exists amongst the people that you are taking, you are robbing away from God. And I think what Malachi is pointing out here is that we have this tendency as people to separate the gifts that we have been given from the giver. We have this tendency to separate the gifts that have been given to us from the one who has given it to us. Because (laughs) we as American people love to think that we've earned everything we have. We love the narrative that, that I've worked really hard, that I've done overtime for months, that when I get that gift, it's because I've earned that very thing. It's the education and the struggle that I went through with all of my classes, all the extra work, and we begin this narrative in our mind that I'm the owner of everything that I have. It's because of what I've done that now I have the stuff that I have. And I want to challenge that thought for a second. Because if you were to peel back that argument a little bit, that 
the thought that you've earned everything that you have, I would, I would love to question the fact of, well, what, what about the circumstances that you've been put into? The opportunities that have been presented to you. The reality is that, that we all don't start in the same place as people, as humans, and we all experience life in unique ways. We're, we're not the masters of our own destiny. That we don't earn everything that we have, but when we assume this, it becomes dangerous for our lives. Now, to be sure, there's no doubt that, that we as people earn things. And we as people have responsibility to work and work hard. This is not to give an excuse to just be lazy and not do anything. The Bible would point out that, that we should work for the wages that we have earned. But we also have to acknowledge that it's not all because that we've earned it. Think about the the health that you have to fulfill the job that you have. That's a gift that's been given to us by God. The, the connections, the opportunities that are brought forward, the, the natural skills that we are wired to do that just we, be, we are laser focused on, those are things that aren't earned but have been gifted to us. And if we continue in this language of saying that I own everything that I have, I think greed just starts to creep in. We start to see that this becomes really dangerous for us. And so we fight greed first off by changing our language. Changing by saying that, that I don't own the things that I have, but I'm a steward of the stuff that I have. I manage the things, the gifts that God has given me, the skills, the talents, even the time that I have on this earth, I manage it and use it. Not that I own it, but that I use it for the glory of something bigger than myself. And and to that, when we get into a place like that, I think we start to see Jesus' words here. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Again, it's something that creeps in. It's not always so obvious. It can just subtly come into our lives. Because remember, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Now, I think this teaching of Jesus is just profound, too, for the very fact that, that the stuff that we have also will be like used and owned by other people at some point in time. Ever thought about this before? Like, like the place that you live at right now, chances are either you will give that away to somebody or it will be taken from you, right? The car that you drive, 
Maybe you weren't the original owner of that car, right? And you were probably wise to not be the original owner of that car. But, but eventually that will be either given to somebody else or taken from you. The clothes that you wear eventually will be given to somebody else or thrown in the trash because it's really out of style. One of the two, right? Like the stuff that we have, we're not owners of it and hold on to it forever. Life doesn't consist of those things, but we're managers, we're stewards. And so we fight greed with a change in our language seeing that the stuff that I have, that I am a steward. Secondly, we look at Jesus here points out in Malachi chapter three, the second point here, that I fight greed with generosity. Uh, Malachi says this, he continues, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. It's so fascinating that in this teaching of Malachi, we see that that God wants us to test him on this, to battle greed with being generous To not just think of ourselves, but to offer all the things that we have. Now, now God doesn't say like, okay, now, like today, I want you to just bring everything and put it there. Notice that like Malachi says, it's it's a tithe, a portion, 10% of what, what we have to give to God. And so we fight greed with generosity. And, and I've heard somebody say to me one time, you know, hey, pastor, uh, I, I like a lot of the teachings of the church. But the thing that I don't like about the church is that you guys assume that you get 10% of my money. Right? You're like, man, I wish spring break would have gone another week here. Why are we talking about money in church? Like, like I think that for a lot of people, for us, this becomes really awkward and strange. But, but what we need to acknowledge is that what God is doing here is he's teaching us more about who he is. And And we should change our narrative from thinking that God gets 10% of my stuff, but instead I get 90% of what God has given me. That that's a good gift that God is, and, and he offers so much to me. See, the question changes from why do I have to give to why do I have so much? Why has God given me the gifts that I have? And the answer to that simple question is so that you can be a blessing, so that you can be generous to other people as well. Because greed like isn't 
tied to an amount of money. I know some people that have more money than they would ever imagine or need, and they are incredibly greedy, right? I also know some people that are really just struggling paycheck to paycheck and are like worried about buying coffee from Starbucks, right? And, and, and are still greedy. I, I know people that, that, that have all the money in the world, not personally, all right? But I know some people that have a good amount of money and they are incredibly generous, They're willing to give so much to others. And and I also know some people that have very little money, but are so generous with the stuff that they have. See, greed and generosity are not tied to an, an amount. That's why this isn't like, okay, if you make this amount of money, then you have to give this amount. It's more about your heart. Whether you have little or more, it does not matter. God wants us to be generous, to not get stuck in being greedy. And the challenge that comes with greed and generosity is that that they are not like emotions that we feel. You can't like be greedy and just have this emotional feeling. Like, I'm kind of feeling greedy right now. No, like, like being greedy is evidenced by our action. It's tied to what we do. And the same is true for generosity. Generosity is tied to action. It's not tied to a feeling like, oh, I feel really bad for that person. No, it's tied to that I'm going and doing something about that. It's an action thing. And that's, it's so important for us to understand the level, the action that comes in generosity, that it's not just an emotion, but it's tied to what we do. And so with that, the only reason, I'll be very honest, that I stand up here today to talk about this conversation with any sort of confidence is because, because we are in the midst of a God who is incredibly generous. This isn't about paying bills. The reason that we give is because of who God is and how he gives. If you look at the story of God, you begin to see that this God isn't one who holds on to all things and says, it's mine, give it to me, it's all mine. When you read the totality of the scriptures, you'll read about a God who provides and gives all the time. And what he desires for us is to know him more fully. And we get to know him more fully when we loosen up our grip on some of the stuff that pulls us away. And so, so get this. This is so important. Before God requires you to give him anything, he gives you everything. 
before he says like, like, hey, you got to come to come in the church today. Uh, you know, just how much money you got in your pocket? That's not how God operates. The grace that you receive, the forgiveness that you receive is not tied to you giving something to the church. And if you have that viewpoint of who God is, I'm really glad you're here today, all right? Because that's not the God that we worship. See, God gives you forgiveness before you give him anything. God gives you life and meaning and identity a new start, a new path before you give him anything. You might say, well, well, what does God take? Great question. He takes something from you and me. He takes our sin. He takes the thing that separates us from him. And in his generosity, he doesn't give us like, do these five steps to get to this grace point. No, he says, I'm gonna be so generous that I'm going to take on flesh. That I'm going to come into this world and I'm gonna die on a cross for you to first experience the generosity that I bring. And that might seem so strange. It might seem so unfair. It might seem one-sided that God is like kind of in an abusive relationship. No, it's called grace. And grace is that God came to be so generous for us. It is in the heartbeat of who he is. And because of his death, because of his resurrection, because of what he has done for us, he calls us to be generous as well. It never starts with you have to do this first. It starts with what he has done for you. And then in that understanding we begin to see the teaching of Jesus in the large amount that we have or maybe the little amount that we have. That we should watch out for greed because life doesn't consist of the stuff that we have. Today, we are doing this Generosity Commitment Sunday. And you got this when you walked in to church here today. Hopefully you already tore off this end right here, all right? And, and I wanna invite you that if you consider this your church home, if you're a guest with us today, again, I'm just so excited that you're here and I promise you next week, we're not gonna be talking about money, all right? But... But this week, I want to challenge us as, as a group, as a community of believers, to take the words of Jesus seriously, to watch out for greed in our lives, to be generous with the things that we 
have. We've talked about this for uh, what's helpful, a tool here is this generosity ladder. We know that, that this is a step process for people. Uh, maybe for you, you've never given to the church. And, and if we would be so honored if you would do that here. Not because you're gonna like save the ministry, but because we wanna teach you more of what it looks like to find freedom, the kind of freedom that Jesus brings. Uh, maybe that for you is, is occasional and, and you wanna like take a step to be more intentional with your giving this year. Or maybe you wanna get to a level where it's like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna be able to take a portion of my money and fight against greed by being generous with that. Or maybe it's even beyond that, I don't know. But as a church here, we wanna walk with you in that journey, in that step. This is not just something for those who have a consistent paycheck. This is something for all of us to battle and fight with. We wanna walk with you as a church family. Now, just to be clear, this isn't some like legal binding thing, all right? Like, all right, well, I marked that I'm planning on giving 50% of my income. Pastor Dave's coming after me tomorrow, all right? I'm probably going to give you a phone call and be like, did you understand what we were talking about, all right? But this isn't like, I mean, come on, seriously. This isn't about like that we're trying to create an atmosphere to just like hold you over a microscope or something like that. That's not what this is about. This is about teaching the very teachings of Jesus to say that when we learn what it means to be generous, we will see more of who God is. And his promise is that that will bring freedom in our lives. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the grace that you provide, the gifts that you bring. And God, I pray that that those times and moments where, where we get stuck just thinking about ourselves all the time, or we get lost in, in possessions, I pray, God, that we, would, that we would see you more. That this wouldn't be out of desperation, but that this would be out of grace and, and cheer because of what you've done for us. I pray, God, that we wouldn't just look at generosity to be something that is only tied to an amount of money, but it would be also tied to a, a life that we live, one that's, that's filled with compassion for others, one that exhibits more of who you are and how you have acted in this world. God, I just thank you for that example. I thank you for, for all that you have done. And I pray, God, that even when, when things are tough, that we would be open and willing to follow and trust in you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.